Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat number 470, I believe. My name is Tom Marks. I'll be your host for today while Casey is away at the uh, Pokemon World Championships. Oh, wow. Very exciting. Joining me today is Mr. Pear Schneider. Hello. And Janet Garcia. Hey. And uh, Brian and Casey are, Casey's obviously at the Pokemon World Championships, and then Brian is going to be, they're both going to be at Gamescom next week. Everybody's traveling. Very exciting. So we have an empty chair today, uh, right off off in the corner, very low. Oh, what? Who? Who's that? Who's that? Oh my god! What I've been waiting in? for you guys in the uh, in the podcast studio for like twenty minutes. So <laughs> could have been nice if you would have told me that the location has changed. Hey, uh, the, the, the seat is open. You want to take it? Yeah, I'll, okay, that's cool. fine. Yeah. Everybody, welcome oh, to the show, Mr. Zach Ryan. Hey, I'm back. Hey. Zach, hi. Welcome back. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have you? Yeah, I'm stoked to be here. How, how are things in Modesto? <laughs> I honestly like. Uh, I would assume pretty hot at this point. Oh yeah, yeah it's very. It <laughs> yeah. is very hot in the Bay Area. Obviously, Zach, you are back at IGN. Welcome back. We're Thank glad you. to have you here. Yeah, I'm stoked to be back. Um, real quick, yeah. condense the last few months of your life in Nintendo into okay. like just a couple minutes. What, what um, you been doing? Well, <laughs> so I played a ton of Super Mario Maker 2. Nice. Um, amazing, amazing game. Uh, I love a lot of the user content that's coming out of there, and especially the way that it's curated. I think it's brilliant, the way that you can find stuff... Uh, and follow creators and things like that. Uh, big improvement over the last game. Um, 
It was my front runner for Game of the Year until wow. Fire Emblem Three Houses came out, and I am <laughs> 35-ish hours deep in Fire Emblem, and it is amazing, and I love it so much. I can't. Um, I still can't believe this. I, yeah. I, I, I got a text message from you saying, should I play this? Yeah. And I'm like, yes. And then I played, that, <laughs> I, I played it like nonstop that whole weekend that it came out. Um, wow. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad that we have a, a, a new... A new person on Team Fire Emblem, big time, yeah. yeah. But also, it's uh, getting big. I think big real quick. I think that game is a little too easy. Mm. I'm playing. Yeah, I'm playing in baby mode with mm -hmm. permadeath off. Well, and, that might be a problem. Well, even on uh, hard, I'm hearing that it's not that tough. Uh, uh, I, I think it's supposed to get tougher in the later mm. hours. Yeah, because I, I haven't quite reached, gotten. That I haven't far, gotten yeah. to the time jump yet. Yeah. Have you my, gotten to the time jump? My daughter. Yeah, my my yeah. daughter is. Uh, my daughter's been. She's on her second playthrough. I think she's on. She her was in the third office now. Yeah, right? she was in the office wow. yesterday yeah, and was saying, so "Yeah, she says it crazy. gets a little harder." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really like it a lot. I uh, I'm impressed with all the the a the amount of character work and voice work in that game is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Um. All the characters are really gr well. Not all the characters are really endearing, but they're all really well written, and I think that like they're, it's really easy to love or hate them. Call them out. Who are you talking um, about? I hate I hate Hubert so much. I'm playing on <laughs> I'm playing on the Black Eagles, uh, and he, like he just like openly talks about how he wants to kill the hero character. He's like, I had a conversation with him last night where he was like, hmm, maybe something unassuming like a slow working poison, and it was like, dude, I'm a I'm your teacher, like. Yeah, it just seems very rude. Um, yeah, and there's a couple other characters that I don't really care for. I also think I have a like I encountered a weird bug in the game. I can't give lost items or gifts to um, Hilda like from at all? Golden Deer House. Nope. Maybe she just really doesn't like you. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. But, but it's like, like you looked at a guy. And yeah, like and she's I have like to receive I have them? like okay. four or five of her lost items, and I just I can't oh, give wow. them to her. Yeah, huh. so it's really strange. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that game is amazing. I also spent a lot of time with um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Hmm. I played through that whole thing like solo mode. I actually haven't even touched the multiplayer stuff. But uh, that was a really fun, like, junk food sort of game. Yeah. Like, really fun to just kind of smash through and and see that story told from a kind of different take, like a you know, Marvel story. Like, it was great. Yeah, it's it, junk food is a, is a very good way to describe Ultimate Alliance 3, I think, because mm -hmm. it's just sort of hack and slashy fun. And it's, yeah, it's totally the kind of game that, like, you can put on and play while you're watching, you know, a TV show or something like right, that. Right, like, right, Yeah, it's Man, really good. That's a, lot, a lot of stuff came out in the two weeks that you've been gone. <laughs> <laughs> I was gone for a whopping three months. Thank okay, you very well, much. But that's still a, some pretty uh, some pretty big games that came out. Yeah, yeah three, definitely. Three real bangers in that in yeah. the last couple months. Looking it's a back. Good Switch year. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a it's killer, killer year It's starting to kick Switch. off at yeah. least for sure. And there's a yeah. lot set for fall to look forward to. Yeah. That we just mentioned. Um, well, we'll talk about it later. We'll get to yeah. the what have you been playing stuff later. But yeah. Looking back a little bit less far, uh, I wanted to do a real quick follow-up from last week. Uh, we mentioned that there, we wish there was like a sticker on the new Switch box with the longer battery life or something like that. There's more. Uh, yeah. The, some, somebody pointed out, a couple people pointed out, and we've noticed ourselves, and we have a great guide on kind of how to identify this stuff, but the new Switch with the longer battery does actually have a red box now mm -hmm. rather than the uh, old one, which has sort of a white and gray classic looking yep. box so there uh, is a way to differentiate the two seth, at a glance seth macy who runs uh the he works on uh the commerce team and runs mm -hmm. the ign deals uh twitter handle mm -hmm. uh he wrote a handy poem uh for people to remember and it was like something like if the box is red play till it's dead <laughs> but if the box is white the old model's in sight or something like that it's like very funny that's well look yeah. it's yeah it's it's true so there's an identifier so anybody going to buy the thing in stores make sure that you get the red box and the added the, the new chipset and the the added battery life and there really isn't any reason to stick with the old one somebody mm -hmm. asked me today whether they should stick with the old one because it's maybe more hackable but you know we heard that that exploit was actually fixed in software so you probably don't have anything to win by buying a new old system now. Did you did yeah. you get the new system? I did not yet. I'm waiting for the the uh, the Disney the special edition in Japan, so I get uh, the Joy-Con as makes well. Sense. So yeah. you know, two birds with one stone. But um, it's not. Again, it's like you have to be in the know. Like if anybody walks into a store, it, there's no sticker that says this is the new system right. or yeah. updated 20, 2019. Maybe on on uh, on some websites you can obviously see. I, like and, Amazon does that. And Janet, you brought up a good point too for used switches. You also yeah. got to pay attention to the serial number. Yeah. So you know, kind of like you said, there's not really like a clear identifier. I'm not sure how many people working at these stores will know what you're talking about. I remember when we went to pre-order the switch, the Best Buy employee didn't even know what the switch 
was. So sometimes, oh yeah, sometimes the, because it was like day of, so it's You're really dishwashers, like, man. I know, right? <laughs> um, other, other things to focus on. But if you look at the serial number, which is on like the bottom of your like switch, um, the old model is, starts with XAW and the new one starts with um, XKW. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yes, you did. The old one versus the new one. So if you're like shopping for old ones or refurbished ones or ones that are out of box, that's really important to like just be able to double check, yeah. um, especially in the future, which is kind of the only reason to sw stick to the old model would be if you were like a really avid yeah. collector and just like having the original and kind of seeing like where it came from. But um, yeah, there's definitely no reason not to get a new one. So old serial number is the universal sound for disappointment. It's Zaw. <laughs> I, I and the new one is XKW. I definitely don't need the new one for like an hour long battery, an hour longer battery life, but I have a 10 hour flight to Germany coming up this weekend mm -hmm. and something in the back of my mind keeps going, one. Bring a charger. They've got Don't plugs. Yeah, the, new one. the international flights have plugs. I think. I'll but what if? Hey, but what if? I bought the new one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. The, with the Joy-Con drift issues too, I feel like this is a great time to upgrade because, oh like, God. for me, my left one, my left one is kind of starting to go, and I'm too lazy to send it to Nintendo to get fixed. Um, honestly, <laughs> like, four hundred bucks for a new one. Like, yeah, well, if you trade in at GameStop, you can just like it's like a yeah. seventy-five dollar upcharge. So how careful Seriously? is GameStop? Yeah. Yeah, that, I heard about that. Yeah, because I know there's a lot of GameStop haters like in the universe. Yeah. Like, pretty much no gamers like GameStop. I actually really do like GameStop because they have great trade-in value. Um, um, and you can always look at it ahead of time. So, like, I don't know how long they're doing, like, this promotional. But mm -hmm. if you're ever unsure, you can just go on their website and type in what you're trying to trade in. This works for games, too. And then see, like, literally day of, they will give you that price. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely an option if you want to swap. Yeah. I'm not going that to. Was, how, does that, how does that work? So, I mean, how do you trade in your old system for a new system and still get all the mm -hmm. stuff off your old system? That's, that's grace I mean, Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah. Well, you take the system home. They they have that mm -hmm. with older with other system too. And then they, they just you refund you the difference. Transfer. No, they let you transfer it. Um, I forget whether they put a hold on your card or something like this. Mm. This. Huh. Yeah, you'd have to ask about that. I've never okay. tried to do that. It's like a really specific yeah. situation, but I think they'd be open to working with. My, you. And like, Game GameStop actually confirmed to the IGN deals. Twitter account, which mm -hmm. is what Seth Macy runs, that uh, as long as your switch is working, as long as it like is functional and runs, mm -hmm. then you'll get that $225 trading credit for yeah. it towards a, a new longer battery life switch. Zach is already just messing with pairs. He's my, already throwing a monkey wrench well, my in this mic, whole thing. My mic is automatically moving away from me. I miss this guy. So he was, be, he was breaking it even more. Yeah, Thank so you. I'm not going to trade up for it, but I totally get why some people would. And it, it, it's a pretty significant jump in battery, especially like compared to uh, the Switch Lite. Like it has more battery life than that. So I, I, I think it is significant. I would wait for a new bundle. Yeah. Mm. Wait for a new I bundle also, with new Joy-Con colors. That you That's can't what I was going to say. I also, I also feel like they're probably going to squeeze out one last skew before uh, mm. they move on to like whatever their next generation will be. And that will be like a souped up version with a different chipset and maybe yeah. higher graphical That's fidelity. That's what I'm like, for at least. Yeah. Well, so I was going to save this for the end because. It's a question bot question, mm -hmm. but on that note, why don't we just mention it now? Uh, we got a question from Adolf Vega and also a very similar question from Caitlin George. Thank you for both of you for writing in. Uh, said, with the upcoming release of the Switch Lite and the current release of the Switch with superior battery life, can we finally squash the rumor of that Switch Pro? Or do you think the Switch yeah. Pro is still a possibility in 2020? No. Wouldn't the existence of a Switch Pro really confuse customers? Would it fragment the market dramatically with three very similar but also distinct versions no. of the same hardware? Look at, look at okay. the Xbox One, the Xbox One S, and the Xbox One X, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you're talking about three models of the same basic unit and it's to serve three separate audiences. So mm -hmm. like, while yes, it does splinter the audience, like that's still the same revenue coming in from the same sources. Right. Yeah. And depending how the games are coded, you know, an upgraded chipset could automatically give you uh, uh, advantages with resolution. Right. A lot of games are coded to be dynamic and switching. Mm -hmm. Maybe you like, download like a different Dooms texture pack. Wolfenstein's. You know? yeah. um, and certainly they could up, update uh, older games to take uh, advantage of the new chipset. Didn't happen with a new 3DS. Like nobody mm. cared. It just wasn't enough of a enough of a leap and enough of a difference. But I think you know a resolution increase for games like The Witcher could really make a difference. But there were rumors about a 4K capable Switch Pro. All of that. Mm. That you, uh, yes, it was bull. It was bull when it when it was first rumored, and it is bull now. But that doesn't mean that they won't be working on a model like that yeah. and, and release later in mm. the lifespan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's not, a great point. Like it's not 
I think going to be what we dream it'll be like <laughs> oh it's suddenly it's going to be just as powerful as like all our other modern consoles like I think that's just not realistic like you said pair but I think I can definitely see them doing an upgraded model especially I think the buzz around this new model um, of the switch with a better battery life is enough to kind of show Nintendo that hey there is interest in mm-hmm. a slightly more powerful one I, you know I can imagine it coming with we already have the the new battery working uh, maybe just a little bit more memory a few other just updates that'll just make it a little bit of a stronger product um, obviously by then Joy-Con drift will probably not really be an issue so I, I can definitely see them dropping another version um, as far as like would it confuse people I don't think you have to like care or worry about that as far as Nintendo I, I feel like they've done a good job at having iterative consoles and it not being an issue like we saw that the 2ds the you know the doorstop one the 3ds the new 3ds xl um the one thing i will say though um as far as the comparison with like xbox one and one s is those were like rolled out a lot farther apart so i'm not Mm. sure like when does switch pro drop maybe that's like instead of doing you know a new console when ps5 and everything comes out maybe nintendo just upgrades on their current hardware and that's sort of their way to stay relevant without like dropping too many products at once right yeah it's an interesting question i think you're definitely right in that if new 3ds xl did not confuse people then probably just a switch pro and a switch Lite won't um but at the same time, I think a key difference there also with something like the Wii U is mm-hmm. that it's all one system, right? The yeah, Wii U was confusing absolutely. with the Wii because it wasn't clear if this was like no. a different system or not. And this is... It wasn't. It wasn't, <laughs> right? And so it's like... Remains it's, to be seen. The jury's still out. <laughs> it was but, slightly different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing, one bit of news that we did get uh, this week with the Switch is that there was an FCC filing that may have revealed that a wireless SNES controller is coming to the Nintendo Switch. And this is from Nintendo rather than just like somebody's making, like Ipito is making another So mm-hmm. I, I tweeted about this. Uh, I retweeted IGN's news story about this potential patent, right? Thanks, Zach. Well, I work here again, so I feel I felt obligated. No. Um, but uh, I got a lot of people in my response being like, "Oh, 8-Bitdo already makes a great SNES controller." But like, I'm not concerned about the controller. It's more yeah. so the implication of what an SNES controller for the Switch means, mm-hmm. which means maybe there's SNES games coming to yeah. the Switch finally. But yeah, I was really surprised at how many people were like, "Oh, actually, no, they, yeah, that, that, I, let's not miss the point, right?" Like, yeah. first of all, the filing on the back. Uh, you can see the the drawing of the controller's back and the serial number, the, the kind of naming convention is exactly like the NES special edition controller the that we've little, seen. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. yeah. it is in line with their product. So it's not something that is just kind of like a pie in the sky. Hey, we're going to park this year. So maybe in the future we can do something. And like it looks like it's actually what the product is going to mm-hmm. be with the numbering. And it has the little nubs on the top that look like when you take your Joy-Con up, off, you can see the little elevations where the sliders go on. Mm-hmm. It has that too, suggesting that just like the NES and the Famicom controllers mm-hmm. they release, you can slide them onto your Switch to to charge them. Not to play, it's dumb to have like the ears on there. <laughs> it's going to be even more comical looking with a rounded like oval yeah. thing. Well, you put one, the, like, the, the SNES on one side and the but NES control exactly. on the other side. Yeah, yeah. but it'll look great. It looks like, like Alfred E. Newman. Yeah. It'll look great in the like Labo elephant thing, right? Yes, yes, it will match <sighs> that. But like the whole, the drawing is just, it looks exactly it looks like a finished mm-hmm. product which means yeah. this isn't just something they're contemplating this is something they're working on they do they do their filing and the only question now is does that mean we'll be getting super nes games as part of our online subscription right which i think is likely or will they do the digital version of the super nes classic where you get a whole content pack bundled so, in with the controller i think so, it would, go ahead this is my biggest question about it right because uh we also posted, uh, IGN Deals also posted today. Uh, Seth Macy's on fire. I know, but he posted the uh, SNES Classic was back on sale. Yep. And then eight minutes later, he had to follow up and say, well, they're all sold out again. So that thing is still <laughs> selling. like Still going, Still huh? selling so, so well. It's a great little thing. And so thing. I can't, I don't understand what Nintendo's plan is there. I mean, I guess there's like a collector's market or like a nostalgia market specifically for the SNES Classic, mm-hmm. but it seems contrary to their previous business models to bring those games to the switch in a way that is like, here's the SNES classic package, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think we're going to get the same drip feed SNES games 
on Virtual Console, or sorry, the Nintendo Switch Online that we've been seeing for uh, the NES games. So that, so you think with online multiplayer for Mario Kart and stuff, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Online multiplayer with SNES games. I was going to bring that up later. But online that's, multiplayer for Super Metroid. That's Bomberman, a, please. And probably thing. some like exploits or ways to make those games a little bit easier or more accessible now because we saw a lot of those adjustments. Yeah, like the white options. sword in yeah. in Zelda and the, all the rupees. So I think like the SNES games aren't as like brutal with those things as like no. the NES ones but I can certainly see them adding something like that mm. um, yeah I totally agree with what you said Zach I think they're Thanks. just going to do it with online it makes sense and we all know that they're maybe running out of exciting games NES to games. bring to the mm. online because everyone's like oh the NES library is huge it is but do when you want do you want all of that like <laughs> I, I don't think I do I don't think most people do you're also running into like duplicative duplicative games uh, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, Castlevania collection or uh, Mega Man Legacy collection or okay. things like that. Like, I wonder where the red tape is in those games being released onto SNES or NES Classic when those things exist for purchase elsewhere through another developer, right? Yep. I mean, there, there are still a ton of good NES games once you factor in third parties. Like right? Chippendale's like, Rescue Rangers. Yeah, like the Final Fantasies and all that, right? Like there, but but I am I am ready for Super NES games, please. Yeah, Dale's Rescue. I would love they made this controller and just did nothing else, just to be focused. <laughs> like they're like, actually, there's no game announcement. Uh, there's it's just a, the controller. I mean, there's a ton of like 2D platformers on Switch that I would easily pick up an 8-bit controller just to play for you know S and Gs. But like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that they would do this. This big of a production around sure, something, and yeah. then not be like, also hear the game. But it would be very it. Nintendo to but pull the rug. How are we going to charge them N64 controllers on the Switch? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trident. You're going to have to start like you're going to have to start like a uh, weightlifting regiment to carry so your Switch around with the 264 like, controllers on either end. Deadly with the spikes jutting That's out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I asked you guys then to prepare for me. We, we already have a very big list of great SNES games, right, in the, the SNES Mini, right? That's mm-hmm. a, SNES Classic has this huge library of... 25 bangers, 22 bangers. Right, like yeah. really, really good ones. So what are, in your opinion, your top three kind of dream games that you would want to come to an yes. SNES, assuming this SNES online service that mirrors the NES online service is what we're thinking is going to arrive? Mm-hmm. This is all an assumption, right? Sure. But in that world, what do you think the three that you like... Maybe more obscure, maybe just ones you really want, whatever it is that you would want. And Zach, why don't you go first? Top sure. Um, so the first two that came to mind were the two that I feel were like the most blatant omissions from the SNES Classic, and that's Chrono Trigger mm-hmm. and Act Razor. I feel like those are the two that that everybody, when that lineup was announced, was like, "Where the hell are these games?" Mm-hmm. Um, and then for my last pick, I kind I kind of cheated, but uh, I chose uh, <laughs> I chose Earthbound or Super Metroid for the third one because. Uh, those are games that I would play on any platform anywhere. Like I bought Super Metroid specifically so many times on different platforms. And I, you know, I own both of those games on uh, 3DS. I own both of those games on SNES Classic. I have the carts as well. And like, I, I just, I love those two games. They're two of my favorites. So and, and if I'm picking 16-bit yep. games, those games are always going to be on the list. And I guess I failed to mention too, None of us are going to say like Link to the Past because all of uh, us would say Link to the Past. Yeah, I right? mean Super Mario World and Link to the Past. Yeah, I feel like yeah. those are the games, like especially for considering the rollout. If they're considering a rollout like for the NES uh, Nintendo Switch Online service, yeah. those are the first two titles that they're going to drop, yeah, right? Of course, yeah. of course. And I would include Mario Kart in there, and I, I honestly would include Super Metroid in there. Those are kind of like the no-brainers that will come for That's sure. Fair. And yeah. all of those games, I would love to have, and I can play them like over and over again. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but I but I respect that you picked. Uh, first of all, Actraiser. A lot of people don't know that game. Well, mm-hmm. Actraiser is an interesting pick too, especially with Soul Serif coming out just recently. I heard being, that game's not very Soul good. Soul was good. Yeah, yeah. it's disappointing, right? The Switch so, version especially was not good. It's it's very interesting to me when a spiritual successor comes along, doesn't live up to the original, and everyone kind of just now has like a taste. They like got so, an appetite for that. A funny thing is like, how many times do you pick up a new game like in a series or? something that's reminiscent and while you're in the middle of playing it, you're like, oh, this kind of just makes me want to play that old game, right? Yeah. Like it happens <laughs> to me with records too or like a band that I love will put out a record and I'm listening to it and it's like, yeah, this is good but I kind of just want to listen to that one from five years ago or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I totally get that that sense that you're talking about, Tom, where it's like, this is fine 
but it mostly just makes me want to play Act Razor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Bloodstain made me want to play Symphony of the Night. Yeah, but Bloodstained is awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fine. I, I didn't that. put that on my list of absences, <laughs> yeah. but that game rules. Yeah. Yeah. Pair? Uh, so yeah, with the with my favorite games out of the way, I wanted to mention some that I have that we haven't seen in a while that I think would be really good. The first one is Super Mario All Stars. When you're releasing a Super NES controller, Super Mario World we've seen many many times, but we haven't seen the All Stars collection return with the visually upgraded versions of like Super Mario Brothers three. And I think this collection is just fantastic. It would make for a really good day one title to use with your Super NES controller. Yeah, Super Mario All-Stars, the first HD remake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great. That's funny. Uh, secondly, uh, a game that nobody's heard of. I feel like this platform and the Switch are great to bring out games that we haven't seen in the West. Um, we've seen that trend happen more and more, even with like Star Fox 2, obviously mm-hmm. re- resurfacing. Uh, there are lots of good translations of Live Alive, an RPG by mm. Square. That game has never come out in the West. It's not that hard to translate these games, honestly. Um, it's a fantastic role-playing game that is split. It's it's from the makers of all your favorite Square Square RPGs, and it's like it splits the story into different genres. There's a wrestling story. There's a sci-fi story. There's a fantasy. There's a kung fu story. There's like a kind of uh, and all of these uh, all of these ter- stories play differently and then converge. All the characters get together. And it's just such a fantastic role-playing game with some of the best music you've never heard on the, on the Super NES. And then the final one <laughs> is Gambaregoi Monsu Kitaretsu Shogun Maginesu. And that's this game here that I own. And it is he brought it with him. one of the, I have this at my desk at all times, is one of the best platforms <laughs> Just in ever case. made. Is you one of know. the best co-op platforms ever, ever made. The Goemon series... Uh, Konami didn't do it justice. Konami hasn't done a lot of games justice as of wow. late. Um, yeah, seriously, F you for not bringing this one back. <laughs> wow, uh, pretty intense. Going on to going on three <laughs> is a link to the past clone. Going on two is like a a Mario game side scrolling set in Japan. It's awesome. Is Very that good. so? Correct me if I'm wrong, because I always get mixed up here. Going the Goemon series is different than Mystical Ninja. No, it is not. They, they are they're, they're the so same the, series. Oh, the yeah. first okay, okay. Super NES came out here as uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja, mm-hmm. right? Like kind of butchered translation, but we'll take it. The second one never made it over here. The third one never made it over here. But then lots Mystical of the Sugoroku weird spinoffs didn't make it out. Wasn't there one on sixty four? Mystical that Ninja one made game? it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mystical Ninja sixty four, which was one? an Ocarina of Time kind of precursor yeah. in, a, in a way like it it kind of like it was it did a lot of things that ocarina of time would do much better yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember that one especially because also like didn't that one have like giant robot yeah three yeah. Pilots in there too yeah, in you there. Pilot I, know, I remember you guys playing yeah. that too this game there, has yeah, yeah this game has side scrolling then it has mode 7 3d robot punch out so Super weird cool. yeah. i love it yeah uh the those, those are some deep cuts, pair. I know. I, I kind like of, it. I feel like it's. Well, I mean, I guess to, Super Mario All Stars is less. I mean, deep, but I like it. It also speaks to like the joy of Nintendo Switch ownership, where yeah. you can create a secondary account for European or Japanese. Uh, but I games, want them but, like, translated. Sure, mm-hmm. but I'm saying yeah. like, what if they put Going on Two on uh, the Japanese accounts, and that's still an opportunity to play it? Yeah, like that's mm-hmm. maybe lowest common denominator, but it's you know still a possibility. These are there are lots of games even on the Super NES that aren't as playable today anymore. Like especially a lot of licensed games, some of the strategy games featuring Japan's favorite giant robots and all that. But these games are so good, and it's just crazy that nobody played them outside of Japan. Mystical Ninja, I remember as a child being a game I never beat because I never had the patience to write down the codes. Oh. That, like, it didn't have a save file. Yeah. It had this, like, long string of characters yep. that you had to re-enter to get back to where you were in the game. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. And I never had the patience for that as a kid, so yep. I just never beat it. Did you ever get the patience for it? Because I still wouldn't have it. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I played through uh, X Mega Man X2 not that long ago, and I played mm-hmm. it on, on the Super NES. And it was great because anytime those code screens flashed up, I just took a photo of it on my phone and I was like, ah, the future is wonderful. Do you remember? And safe and states. Do you re- safe well, states in yeah. if they do an now. online thing. Yeah. Do you remember Mystical Ninja? You you could earn money by doing jobs. Like you could take a part-time yeah, 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 job yeah. and one of the part-time jobs was playing Gradius. <laughs> I did yeah, not remember that. I love so the game has, within a game. Yeah, and it has like that sort of stuff is built wow. in all and these Gradius mini games. So and, yeah. I love Gradius. So Janet. Cool. What's your okay. picks? So outside of deep cuts, I'm going to go super <laughs> basic because uh, I had the SNES when I was five. It was the first console oh my I ever God. played. I know I am the baby of the table. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go super basic, F-Zero. I love F-Zero. 
I like you. I like you. There you go. It's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I I just love F-Zero so much. And I really enjoyed Fast Arm Rex. But kind of like Zach was saying, you're like, just want to go back to like the stuff that really did it the best. Um, Then I'm going to go Yoshi's Island because that's one of my favorite games of all time. People were always talking about how the Yoshi series was so much better in the beginning from where it's like gone now. I have some gripes with that. I feel like the more modern games do have like their own value. But I do agree that that was like one of the best to ever do in that franchise just right out the gate. Um, and then I'll just go also basic. I'm going to go Kirby, just the Superstar Collection. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff in there. And then I feel like it'd be great depending on how Nintendo wants to roll out the stuff in the future. Even if you just have that individual game as an addition, it has so many games within it that I think people would get really excited about that. I can see them rolling that out really nicely during a direct. So I think it'd be a really exciting announcement for fans. Also cool because I think, you know, in addition to us who own the Switch and owned consoles before, mm-hmm. there are a lot of new people to Nintendo franchises mm-hmm. and they'll play a Kirby game for the first time on the Switch or mm-hmm. a Yoshi game. And then being able to go back and see kind of like the roots is kind of, is, is really cool too. Yeah. No, I agree. And, uh, I feel like you picked all the ones, or you picked three things that are like not the key ones, right? They're just mm-hmm. like one step away that it's like all really good picks though, like really good games that you wouldn't want to miss here. Yeah. Also, it's just kind of crazy to me that more hasn't been done with F-Zero with how popular Captain Falcon is from Smash. <sighs> It's just kind of a bummer. I wonder if people even know, like, in the modern era, who Captain Falcon is. That's the funny Outside thing about Smash. Yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. thing, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, that's the hilarious racing games Smash. are real channel challenge, yeah. right? I mean, outside of your, uh, you know, your Forzas, the, the two series, and uh, Gran Turismo, and maybe Need for Speed, it's really difficult for some of the racing games to like stand out, and especially the more kind of um, obviously kart racers work, but the more the futuristic stuff, like mm-hmm. Wipeout hasn't done crazy numbers in the re-releases yeah. that even, Sony's done. Even and, a lot of the games that have kind of been on, that have been coming out on mm-hmm. PC that have sort of been inspired by yeah. these games have been like doing okay. I think there's a game called like Red Out, I yep. think, was like an F-Zero inspired Yeah, Red game. Out, that's right. Yeah, and, and th- they've all been doing okay, but again, none of them have really I also think up. like the arcade subgenre of genres like, you know, racing games, sports games has kind of fallen to the wayside in the modern era. So you don't even see as many attempts to do something that kind of has that old school feel, even though obviously F-Zero is futuristic, yeah. but it has that like arcade speed and excitement. You see a lot more games going for like realism or a kart racer you don't really get yeah. a lot of that arcade feel anymore so yeah, yeah. I, I think there's also a lot to be said about smash brothers legacy as its own standalone thing when it comes to characters like mm-hmm. captain falcon or like the introduction of all those fire emblem characters back when fire emblem wasn't a known quantity mm-hmm. in in the melee area era right but um that's probably a conversation for another time yeah. but <laughs> i think that that <laughs> captain falcon's res- rele- relevancy is partly is due in large part only to Smash Brothers mm-hmm. now. Like yeah. the modern generation only knows him, or maybe even somebody like Ice Climbers or something like that mm-hmm. through Smash Brothers. Right? You don't like need it's to know not, Ice Climbers. In it's any well, no, of course not. But it's like it's not like universe. oh, that's an F Zero character. It's like oh yeah. yeah, that guy's in Smash. But yeah. unlike <laughs> unlike you know the other forgotten Nintendo racers, 1080 and Wave Race, right? This one at least is more top of mind based on the mm-hmm. characters that were in it, and then the music everybody knows. Like I I feel like. I hope they will bring it back someday, and I think just putting it out as a Super NES game is, is a good first step. What if one of those final Smash characters was just like a snowboard guy from <laughs> 1080? Okay. <laughs> no, snowboard I'd take kids. it. Snowboard Solid kids? Yeah, snowboard kids yeah. character. Oh, snowboard man. kids. Those can't fight, though. Sure they can. So, Tom, what They are drop names? like pans on each other. Yeah. Thank you, Janet, <laughs> um, for getting me out of that argument about snowboard kids that I inevitably would have had. Um, I was listening to it's the, a good game. The, the soundtrack of that There's game the other day. There's always more time for that yeah. 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 at some point. Uh, my first pick would be Evo Search for Eden. I love that choice. I, where is that game? It knows? disappeared. Evo Search for Eden, for those who don't know, is a game where you start as a fish, mm-hmm. and throughout the course of the game, it's like a side-scroller, you evolve, and you eventually get legs, and then go onto land and become a reptile, and then the reptiles, I think, evolve into the dinosaurs, and then add, the dinosaurs, like, horns you can and add things. horns, you yeah. can customize your character uh-huh. to look like crazy, and all the customizations you pick, like if you chose thicker armor, you'd yeah, yeah. get scales. I, I remember Spore. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it was Spore for SNES pretty much. And then you went Dinosaurs, and then you went Birds, I think. And then, oh no, Birds was a side level. Birds was like mm-hmm. an extra thing. And then Mammals. Just like in Science. It was eventually you could be like Park humans, ends, I think, yeah. at the end of it. It was a weird, weird game. There was like secrets where you could become a mermaid if you went a specific way. It I could never so decide strange. if what it was this? a good game. Why is this mermaid? Side Dude, path. I feel like gameplay-wise, <laughs> gameplay-wise, it was not an amazing game. No. But just was, the permutations and the freedom and the... So cool. Was really really cool. I yeah. really, I really enjoyed it. That too. was the first game I ever grinded in because okay. I was like, I want those stego yep. horns and like eight little dudes until. No, I had who owns the rights for this? I thing have now. no clue. It's gone. Another, my next pick actually would be Metal Warriors, which is okay. another weird side pick where yep. you mech combat game. The thing that always stuck out with me about that game was that when you got out of your giant mech suit, it was just like a normal character, right? Like you were just like a mech character and then when you got out your actual human was so teeny like a, tiny. just like a few pixels it was like a yeah. few pixels big and then that's you really could fly around with a jetpack and go where the mech couldn't that's cool the campaign was really cool in that game but the reason i picked metal warriors also is because the multiplayer me and my brother used to play the pvp in that all the time and if they added online multiplayer with metal warriors i would lose my mind like that would be because i i maybe this is rosy glasses roasting mm-hmm. glasses like coloring it, but like, man, I bet the multiplayer in that actually kind of holds up. <laughs> I, n- I never played this game. I just looked it up. Metal Warriors rules. Yeah. We okay. should we should play some in the office. We should play some PvP. Uh, and then my final pick, I had trouble choosing. Super Mario RPG is oh. very very close to my heart, but also I think that might just make it in potentially mm. if they can figure out licensing stuff with Square. I mean, it's on the SNES Classic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then so my my other side pick would be uh, Turtles in Time. Yes. Turtles in Time is very good. The thing I didn't ever know about Turtles in Time, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4? Never knew there was a 1 through 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I only ever played Turtles in Time. Yeah. Anyway. Those are those good are choices. Some, I love the variety. Yeah, That's I like good. all of our. All, that was all a lot of fun. the The final question. I don't want to touch on this too long, but wh- like, what? Do you, why do you think this has taken so long? Like, why do you think this has, hasn't happened yet? Because Nintendo. They don't have to. Okay. Yeah. They got, I mean, like they they have good NES games, and they started the service. And let's not forget, they gave us Tetris ninety nine and stuff yeah, like I that too. Yeah, love Tetris ninety nine. Right? So good. I'm, yeah. And I don't ask that question meaning yeah. there's not enough. No, it's no. Just, I, th- no, I think they. Like- I think in the very beginning they said, "Hey, we got like a year before mm. we need to drop a Super NES game." Hmm. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. I think yeah. really the thing is, um, and I know I give Nintendo a lot of grief for this, but it, it is a frustrating company to love because they're really behind <laughs> on a lot of regards. But the games are so good that it's like fine, you know. Mm. Um, and that's kind of their issue there. Like they're behind on everything. So like their online was like late for getting like an actual online subscription. So it's not surprising that like the. NES library or Netflix or whatever name you want to call it is kind of leaves something to be desired when you look Nesflix? at yeah, I like Netflix. That. <laughs> uh, leave something to be desired when you compare it against the things that Microsoft and Sony are offering. They've been doing it for much longer. They've refined it a lot more. And that's always why it's so frustrating that Nintendo takes so long to get around to this because we know that it takes time for these systems to develop. So the longer they take to get around to it, like I feel like, you know, there's not the Nintendo Switch version of Game Pass is probably like 50 years away. Um, <laughs> and that's really frustrating. So that's, I think, why they haven't done it i think they're also i don't know maybe in some senses they're always even though they have like wacky ideas they're kind of a more conservative company in some regards so i think they're just they're seeing what what's up when they do it i mean you raise some interesting points they they are conservative and careful but they Mm -hmm. also aren't like if you look at their history um they had they innovated uh, game transfer through satellites. Mm-hmm. They had an online uh, connection so you can get like horse racing news and stuff in Japan, right? Like <laughs> the 6040D was an add-on when everybody said don't do add-ons and it didn't you work. You should throw in one fact that like, just made up they, so you can get they it. They do, uh, they have the, uh, they have, Obviously, the uh, sewing machine attached. Yeah, they're they're very innovative. In some they did regard. have the, that. That's an actual attachment. Yeah, that's yeah, an yeah. actual thing. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but, but, but they but they do a lot of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. But they don't do the stuff that the other guys do, right? Like yeah. they don't have the Game Pass or the the that kind of early access system the other guys have, yeah. or working online sometimes. Well. <laughs> Let's move on to Sick some other burn. news. <laughs> Sick burn. Let's move on to some other news, though. The SNES thing was probably the biggest story out of this last week. One thing that came up the very tail end of last week that I wanted to bring back up is that Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo are... Uh, all decided that they're going to require publishers to disclose loot box drop rates in their games. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they won't 
allow them on their system. And I think this is a rule going forward and for updates rather than like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to kick Fortnite off unless they disclose sort of thing. Um, but Nintendo then later followed up and told Eurogamer in a quote said, uh, a Nintendo ensuring that our customers can make informed choices when they play our games is very important. Uh, as part of ongoing efforts in that area, we're required disclosure of drop rates in Nintendo Switch games that offer randomized virtual item purchases such as loot boxes. Um, so they're basically just all, all three big companies are just taking a stance at this at the same time, which yeah, is I mean, pretty cool. This is like really unprecedented and really, really cool consumer protection, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this is three major companies seeing an opportunity to really cash in on something, but n- identifying that this it's totally exploitative, right? So they, I love this idea that Nintendo and Xbox and Sony would come together. And this has happened multiple times over the course of the last year that they all kind of unite on a single front. And I think that this is like, this is an example of something that everybody in the industry should get behind and say like, yes, this is the right call. Yeah, I think, I think There's also, real risk to them. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it's in their best interest to make sure they disclose and don't get labeled as you know, purveyors of gambling. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think also, like, this is kind of a cynical version of that take, but it's, you know, why don't we regulate ourselves before the government regulates us for us? Oh, I don't don't think that's cynical at all. I think that's dead on. Yeah, so it's just like, well, it's it's less like, oh, they're, I mean, I think they are doing that protection, but it's also protecting the industry at large and themselves. Like, that's kind of the same reason the ESRB exists, right? It's that idea of, like, having that that you can opt into and this is like all of the games that are like mainstream sold have ESRB ratings like just kind of adding those type of things and making that normalized you know stops further regulation down the line so it just kind of makes it more controlled more you know with the people who know this industry running how it how it's going to go moving forward Another announcement is that Bubble Bobble for Friends, for the numeral, was announced, uh, exclusive to Switch, releasing on November 19th in Europe and quarter one in 2020 in the U.S. Wait, what? Yeah. Why? So it's an exclusive exclusive to Switch. (laughs) A lot of localization (laughs) is going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Now do it again in English. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is a game developed by Inan Games, published by Taito. So it's actually being... The old school, the people who brought us the old school bubble bobble. bubble yeah. bobble games yeah. um, back back behind the wheel. I mean, it's I, I was really excited to see this. Like, I yeah. have a soft spot for this franchise. I see four player fun with the stupid little dragons. Uh, I'm in. I want to play this. I'm bubble just bobble. a little disappointed. Um, Europe gets it earlier, which means <laughs> I have to sign into my European account and just download it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was like, what are you talking about? You're the most European dude I know. Yeah. I'm always a little wary of these uh, resurrections of Mm. old titles sort of thing. Like Load Runner is back. Yeah. Like Like, uh, Contra is back. Well, In and Games, I did a little... (laughs) not the same. I looked into it. In and Games wasn't a name I recognized. And Mm. the only other thing that I found that they are doing or have done is they did also announce three weeks ago a reboot of The Ninja Saviors, Return of the Warriors, uh, which they're also doing so with Taito. Is this just their, their whole deal? They're just going back and well, they're also up doing this properties with Taito, on the so cheap. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that they're just working with Taito to like resurrect some that's old games, cool. pretty much. And yeah. that seems kind of interesting. What if they Hollywood's do it doing right. too? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> true. true. Burn. Uh, when I was in the sixth grade and I got my first retainer, I had Bubble Bobble sticker in the retainer, so that was pretty cool. Was <laughs> it by out accident or on purpose? No, I've done on purpose they asked what kind of image i wanted inside my retainer and i said bubble bubble you can have images inside the retainer. yeah you just put a sticker in there because it's a mold anyway sorry <laughs> i did not know so if you thought you were a hardcore yeah. Bubble yeah. fan, if you thought you were a hardcore retainer fan oh. that's like the, that that's like the the little kid version of like getting a customized credit card with a picture yeah. of bubble exactly bobble yeah yeah that's how uh, people I, I identified myself to people i just flip my retainer out like, <laughs> bubble bobble did not know about the nintendo ra- retainer system yeah yeah, an innovative company. <laughs> the, the NRS. I'm so sorry. <laughs> in uh, in other bringing back beloved old franchises news, last week we talked about how a uh, I think a trademark filing or something like that mm-hmm. was done for Cooking Mama Cookstar, mm-hmm. which is a new uh, supposedly a new Cooking Mama game. This is going to be a little bit to unpack, so bear with me. <laughs> uh, Amazon Germany actually already had a listing for this now today. Amazon. So yeah. we've seen. Cooking Mama Cookstar, we got details on it. We got first screenshots of it. It looks like a Cooking Mama game. Ah. Um, it will apparently be on Switch and PS4. 
Uh, it's going to have a vegetarian mode, which will cook non-meat dishes if you want. 90 different recipes. The Tom and Sam mode. This is a yeah. quote, mix of traditional and motion control. Does the does no meat thing make you happy? What? Is that for you, the no meat thing? Whatever Whatever I can, it's digital. I, I, can, I don't eat meat. It's Whatever I figured, look at like, meat. I don't cook want, meat. Like making a hamburger. That's actually one of more like fun. despite the fact that Tom's vegetarian, that's one of his favorite pastimes is just looking at meat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like that. I kid I you like not. Like the greatest <laughs> burger challenge and stuff like that on the Food Network. It's yeah. like some of my favorite okay. shows. That's pretty well, good. Keep, keep going. Uh, I was just there's curious. Also, there's also going to be two player multiplayer and co-op. Um, here's the big part that I want to unpack that's a little weird. This game was seemingly announced in February. Six months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a developer or a publisher called... Where is it? Planet Digital Partners announced Cooking Mama Coming Home to Mama, uh, and seemingly no one noticed or cared because the entire way they pitched it was as a blockchain-integrated game. Uh. The whole thing with this first announcement, the only gameplay detail they revealed back in February, basically, was the vegetarian mode. And the rest of it was like, every game will have a unique blockchain ID that players will then be able to identify, and they don't have to worry about managing their in-game wallet. Do a real quick explanation of blockchain. It's so hard. I I spent an hour researching blockchain stuff to figure out what it would be in games, Essentially what blockchain is, is in the simplest way, and I'm going to get some of this wrong, but really reducing it, blockchain tech is a digital ledger, like an accounts keeping ledger that cannot be changed or tampered with. It's immutable. And Mm -hmm. that makes it very, very safe. um, Supposedly. And people use it a lot for cryptocurrency information Mm -hmm. to, so that nobody messes with those books. People are now trying to talk about putting it into games, and as far as I can tell, there's a couple ways that could go. Either it could go, Cooking Mama earns you cooking, or Mama Coin, and Mama Coin goes up in value, and then you trade Mama Coin on the Mama Market. The (laughs) other way that that could go is just, they're using blockchain tech to keep the data in the back end on a server somewhere, Mm -hmm. and it is much less susceptible to being hacked, and you will never know that it is a blockchain. So I I wanted you to- And we don't know at all what the difference is. I wanted you to give a little explanation there, because of all the franchises in the pantheon of gaming, (laughs) Cooking Mama, to me, is the least likely to have blockchain integration. It's it's weird. It's very strange that that is like one of the key details. Being able to cheat in the game, right? Yes. But also- uh, uh, the mama market. The mama market. I feel like yeah. mama, mama wouldn't mama be going. into it either. Like <laughs> yeah. knowing mama, no. <laughs> the, the weird thing though Not is- better than mama. The weird, <laughs> the weird <laughs> thing is when Cooking Mama Coming Home to Mama was announced in February, that was all they were talking about was the blockchain stuff because oh. that's what Planet Digital Partners seems to be pushing. Mm-hmm. They're a Got new it. publisher and they seem to be all about blockchain stuff as far as I could tell. Uh, Cooking Mama Cookstar in this new listing that was translated doesn't mention anything about blockchain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it could be either A, they're now switching from an investor-facing kind of speak about blockchain to now a consumer-facing speak where they want people to buy the game and have it be fun, or B, they got rid of it, but I think that's less likely. It's well, just an interesting well, maybe thing that they... Maybe they're testing it out on something that's not as like dire to get right right away. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they thought blockchain was the hot topic and they get some press by like including that. Yeah, and then yeah. weeks like, later, like, this is bold. Nobody's like, going to care. Were like, this is gluten-free. And it's like, I didn't ask you anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, that's an interesting sort of mess. So thank you for letting me... Uh, Figure that all out. You can look up Cooking Mama Cookstar and see some screenshots. I guess right it's now, probably though. not going to have Joy-Con. I mean, a Pro Controller support if it has motion control. Because sometimes you see that with certain. Well, games. they they said mix of traditional still, and motion. And it so, works for the DualShock too, because it's yeah. PS4 as well. Though whenever they have motion control on that DualShock, I am not interested. <laughs> it could be. It could be just that you get to choose though, yep. right? That could be what mix of. Yeah, I'll play hopefully. this. I like Cooking Mama. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I just hope it's not like a blockchain ponzi scheme can you bring the apron mama in coin thing. for the show the, my, my little blue cooking mama yes. apron <laughs> i might wear it <laughs> okay yeah. uh, you heard it here first we don't yeah. know any details about when cooking mama cookstar is coming out but the amazon listing and then this other site mm. that listed it that i'm forgetting the name of right now both said december 31st 2019 which is obviously a placeholder, a placeholder yeah so probably it, it might mean sometime this year though Okay. Like, just because of the placeholder? Mm. We don't know. Seems cute and fun. Uh, another really quick thing I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, is the Genki Covert Doc has almost raised a million dollars on Kickstarter. I'm I'm part of that. Yeah? Yeah, I kickstarted. So just real Me quick, too. we talk about Genki <laughs> a fair amount <laughs> Me on this too. show, Genki Products. This isn't sponsored in any way. I think we're just fans of what they make. They make good stuff. Yep. Um, and they announced this little Kickstarter thing. You can look it up called the Genki Covert Doc. I still have is, to buy that stand, damn it. It's 
it's like this big and it just plugs into your wall and then you plug a USB and an HDMI, HDMI to the TV, USB to the, uh, switch. the switch and you just, it's a teeny tiny little travel yeah. dock. By this yeah. big, essentially, what size is that for people? Uh, thank you, sorry. No, it's good. Uh, this big is, it's like smaller than the profile of just the switch power charger. Like yeah. when you plug it into your wall, okay. it's smaller than that. It's basically, like, it's the, the size of like a, one of those like little burner phones, basically. How, how many for those who aren't engaged in legal activities, not it's familiar the size with the size of, of a burner phone. I don't know. Sam has like a bunch of burner phones. Sorry, like, I got think, burner think, phones. Wait, wait, both of them on the podcast. Like Sam sells drugs. We are for not sure. in the drug trade. <laughs> yeah. Welcome is, back, right? by the not, way. Not with that attitude. Uh, think like an international power converter. Basically, it's like one of those yeah. things that you just plug into the wall. Yeah, it's yeah. like a little little AC adapter. Yeah, and seems like the size of a burner phone. It seems really convenient for travel. Just going to friends' houses, you want to be able to. Put the switch on the TV. Um, or if I you're still, out there trying to slang rocks. Yeah. I still don't <laughs> trust it. I know Perry's talked yeah. a greatly about how it really went in detail about like why it's not going to break your switch. Yeah. I just Which is really a They have like a whole section about it. I just on the, really yeah. don't. They, I don't want to talk to, talk to real, Brian Altano about yeah. it. They're I'm real scared. gearheads. I mean, Brian's uh, switch got bricked yeah. by a third party dock. And it was one of those docks where, like, it looks cool standing all, like, free without support, mm -hmm. like, without, like, being in the toaster, yeah. like the current one. But, like, it also meant that it wiggled, right? It yeah. kind of messed with your port. Well, it's this all fun different. until an accident happens. This is different. Know? This is like plugging in a charge cable. There's, yeah. like, it doesn't rest on anything. Mm -hmm. and, it and, just takes over. And they have a whole section in their Kickstarter that you can go read in depth. Mm -hmm. But basically, they talk about how they did a lot of research into what causes that bricking and are trying to avoid it. So, hopefully, that means it won't but i it is um, i think it's, it's a power wary. surge issue yeah, yeah. well and they, they explained they, what causes it and they explained why there's avoids that based on the technology that they're using in it right. so they do seem really informed and obviously they're addressing that head on but if you're like me and still super scared maybe i mean just read it and just, just don't. i just yeah. love the idea yeah. of bringing in essentially an ac now. adapter and at the same time it now can double as the tv output which yeah. is just great yeah it's pretty cool and it's a bummer that nintendo doesn't just make this kind of thing themselves mm -hmm. or make their stuff less brickable but here we are <laughs> they love nintendo really loves the kind of like the idea of you docking the switch mm -hmm. right like they they they're about yeah, making they build a whole system out of it no they they <laughs> make things that feel fun i do too. Like and that's start. part of the game gamification is that like cluck like yeah. putting it into the thing um it's just not as cool when you play. I also I also don't think that they would have anticipated that these systems would be easy to brick based on something like a power surge because mm -hmm. power surges are constantly happening. Mm -hmm. It's just sometimes Oh, there was they, one just now. You know, sometimes <laughs> just different tech reacts differently to it. And yeah. I, I don't think that they would put this product on the market. You know, like I wonder if there's something in place in the the new model of Switch yeah, that maybe is the a Switch little Pro less susceptible won't have to this issue, yeah. which it doesn't exist. Well, I'm gonna well. test it on my old Switch and I'll let you know. Nice. Moving on, let's talk about real quick, go through what is out this week. Uh, out this week. Platformer, <laughs> a flippy dimension platformer that a couple people had actually raised in the NBC podcast forum on Facebook uh, called Exception. Hmm. Came out on the 13th. Uh, it was they for $15. Flippy? Yeah, it's like you, you'd like jump off the walls and then you can like Turn the world. Oh, flippy and, genre. Yeah. I see. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. There's a stranding genre and there's the flippy <laughs> genre now. It's yeah. complicated. Uh, Friday the 13th, the game Ultimate Slasher Edition also came out on the 13th for $40. Uh, PC Building Simulator had Jesus a console Christ. launch on the 13th for $20. Yeah. This now, must be all over. I was going to say, how quickly did you buy a copy of that? You and Dan Stapleton, well, I assume, are the first guys. It's been out on pc for a while um and it's actually now that's meta it's yep. actually a pretty cool pc building thing and then there's like a mini game within it where you like take orders is it just totally for fun or does it actually kind of teach you how to build a pc it, its intention is to be both its intention no is to get you comfortable parts, with like, right? I, well, I, I am too poor to afford the parts to build the pc <laughs> myself but i can swing twenty dollars yeah. to get the pc building simulator and live out all my wildest pc building fantasies okay. y'all are haters when's your birthday maybe we'll get that for you thank you practice <laughs> It's actually kind of cool. All right, okay. it's a cool game. Look well, and and you glossed over Friday the Thirteenth. Obviously, yeah, Friday the Thirteenth, a game that's very popular with streamers, mm -hmm. partially because it's so broken, right? <laughs> yeah. So, well, it's an asymmetrical kind of horror game where one person is Jason, but, and but it is genuinely fun. Yeah, like the actual gameplay mm -hmm. setup of people fleeing from Jason is just really fun, and like watching videos of people playing is 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 a hoot too. Uh, yeah. A couple yeah. quick other ones that I wanted to run through real quick. Never Give Up is this really hard platformer that is I played a little bit of already, and it's actually pretty cool, uh, from the people from Massive Monster, mm. people who did the Adventure Pals, which is another really great Ooh. platformer. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, this one is more like, 
not this is an unfair comparison, but like the Meat Boy sort of like dodge the traps type platformer mm-hmm. rather than hack and slashy platformer. Not the a do- dodgy game, not a flippy game. Yeah. yeah. Yes, dodgy game, not, not a flippy, flippy genre. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Mm-hmm. Dodgy. Fell Seal Arbiter's Mark came out on uh, is coming out on the fourteenth. It came out on the fourteenth. Excuse me for thirty dollars. Uh, if you're a fan of Final Fantasy Tactics, look this one up. It's got a lot of positive reviews on Steam. Um, and tactics. Ooh, <laughs> tell me more. Yeah, it's it's a you should look it up. It's pretty. There's cool. so many tactics games. Yeah. Uh, but it's my timeline. What if then, I like? What if Fire Emblem has turned me into like a real tactics fanatic now? Uh, no, okay. Then too strategic. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. And then finally, uh, Far Lone Sales is coming out on the 18th for fifteen dollars. Just like I'm just gonna say it. Just buy this game. It's what, it's phenomenal. What, what adjective would you use for this game? It's so it's a you know like inside that sort of game where you just move into the left from the left to the right and it's very a depressing game. Yeah, it's a very dark. Game. It's very atmospheric. It, yeah. I but the in this flippy, the dodgy, tacty. Saddy. Saddy. <laughs> Those are the four genres. Yeah. yeah. Not uh, weepy. I love Saddy. Inside, by the way. It's like everyone should play Inside. Yeah. Far, uh, yeah. I like Far Lone Sales more than Inside. Oh, wow. Okay. I, Whoa. Uh, what is, what is the genre, all jokes aside? You're jumping. It's like a platformer, a platformer? but okay. you have this large machine mm-hmm. with a sail and a wheel and an engine, and the game is just move from left to right and take this machine along with you and fuel it mm-hmm. and give it upgrades as you go. And... It's there's not a word spoken in the entire game, mm. and it is one of the most beautiful games huh. I've ever played. Whoa! Is, wow. it, is it a little puzzly then? It's like, a little puzzly. Yeah, it's a little puzzly. Kind of puzzles a little bit. Is this its first appearance, or has it been on PC? It's for been a on while, PC. Or? It's also okay. been on Xbox and PlayStation. It's not a new game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have loans. never felt. Far I've never felt more of a connection with an inanimate object in a game than this. Like mm-hmm. your ship becomes like because you're the only person in the whole game, so your ship becomes like. like your friend and like when it gets hurt like you get hurt and like the music play this game with headphones the music is incredible you you sir have never had a companion cube like people know me on this show i think for just like gushing about specific indie games like this is one of those games where i played it last year i've actually played it this year i missed it on steam yeah it's a very wholesome thing to be known it's really just wonderful and i'd recommend it's only a few hours long it's not super long cool get headphones play it in a day and just like i'm gonna buy it i'm gonna buy it i'm a swiss developer um, Very cool. All right. We have finally made it. Zach. We've arrived. You want to talk about Fire Emblem? What you been playing? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Fire Emblem. Um, yeah, I've been playing a lot of, uh, obviously, I've been playing a ton of Fire Emblem. It's the only thing that I've played, I think, I think since it came out, really. Well, that's not true. I've been playing a lot of Fire Emblem. Um, I, I don't really necessarily need to go into much more detail than, than I said previously uh, at the beginning of the show, but like, for as much uh, razzing as Pear gave me for not being much of a Fire Emblem fan coming into this game, it, it's really, really crazy to me that in January, looking at my list of games that I would play this year, Fire Emblem wasn't even on the list. Like, I was totally going to skip it. <laughs> and it was Pear that was like, just get it. Just play it. Like, please. But, and I but, got but, it. But what do you think hooked you this time? Like, you've seen, obviously, what you've heard us talk about Awakening, so, Valentia, and all that. I mean, I, pl- I played yeah. Awakening. And I liked Awakening enough, okay. but I didn't like love it. Okay. And I'm, I don't know that I finished it. Uh, I can't remember if I did or not. Yep. Um, but to me, it's the story, the sort of life simulator mechanics. Like mm-hmm. I'm a Persona guy, so I love all this like heavily, heavily Persona okay. inspired. Oh. Like as much as I like the combat, I like the, you know, like I was talking to Justin Davis about it earlier today. But every time I go back to Garrick Mach in between these battles, I have to talk to everybody. I can't. See those I little, that too. I, you know, and that's why I'm Bubble, bubbles must go. The bubbles must yes, go. Yes, and that's why yeah. I'm 35 hours in, and I haven't even hit the time jump yet. Like yeah. I'm, I'm watching all the support conversations. I'm talking to every student every time. I'm searching the monastery to find all the lost mm-hmm. items. Like I just, I love that world. I think it's really, really interesting the way that it's this like very like rote. Uh, fantasy story, but told in a way that I really dig. It's like so anime, like it's just anime as hell. <laughs> in fact, like uh, Tom, you you know you have written here Fire Emblem, and then the other game you're playing is Never Give Up. But when I saw you, <laughs> when I saw you write that down earlier, you hadn't caps Never Give Up, and I thought it was Fire Emblem, comma Never Give Up, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Like, um, no, I just, I really, really am into it. And uh, I'm really stoked to, to get through it. And I'm already talking about like what I want to do differently on a second playthrough, which is crazy to me. Are you impressed at the, just the volume of content in it? Like, like yes. it's not a small game. This yeah. is like, 
this is a huge project for them. Just the, yeah. the voice and everything. And it's yeah. but yeah. made by a small team, which is impressive. Yeah. Uh, and a different team than has typically worked on Fire Emblem, mm -hmm. which I think is really well, cool. I think they, they brought in some help to finish yeah. this sucker. Um, right? I do think that the it's a very pretty game. Mm -hmm. Mostly, I think some of it looks like butt, <laughs> but uh, I think like the, all the backgrounds and stuff look terrible. But all the character models and things look great. Yeah, um, pretty much. When yeah. I first saw it on screens here in the office, it was always like the pinkish overlays, and mm -hmm. it didn't look that good. But now that I'm playing it on the small screen. There are so oh, many. See, I'm mostly playing they, a docked. They're, they're environments that look really, really nice. Yeah. And obviously, the battle animations are just really cool. Like when, you know. Yeah. I'm yeah. not skipping any of those, also, which is probably why it's like taking me so long. But yeah. Um, and then they're the, awesome. The other thing I've been playing, uh, I, I'm working my way through the Metroid series. I played Super Metroid uh, for probably, I don't know, like the 10th time uh, <laughs> of my life uh, over, you know, I had some time off between uh, my previous job and when I came back here. And, uh, yeah, I played Super Metroid, and now I've tracked down a DS Lite and uh, Zero Mission and Fusion. So I'm nice. playing through Zero Mission right now. I, I want to play so through much. all the Prime yeah, games. I think great. I'm just going to do favorite. like a nice, like casual run through of all the uh, the Metroid games. Just probably the next one. How good is Zero time. Mission, man? <laughs> Zero Mission is amazing. You got, you got time. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Right. Time is on your side. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was actually thinking about maybe streaming some of those games uh, under the NVC banner with the, you guys if you're interested. We can yep. talk about that off the air. But yeah. Uh, I, I love Metroid so much, and it's been really yeah. nice to kind of go back. And uh, Super Metroid still holds up, still an amazing game. Yep. But I will say this is the first time that I've played it that mm -hmm. the last area, I was like, this area sucks. Uh -huh. <laughs> this, this area is terrible. Uh, yeah. Real quick, I think Pear and I have already, we talked about Fire Emblem. Yeah, I think. I will I will say, can I just. That's how this Fire Emblem y'all keep talking about. Yeah, man. Yeah. Have you not played it yet? I have not. Well, it's very good. Fire Emblem game. Well, it's very good. Real fast, if I may, I'm loving Fire Emblem. I'm very much enjoying it. Hate the lost items. I think that they teach absolutely bad habits to you as a player where you have to check mm. every corner of the monastery every time you go back. Oh, excuse me, go back. And They're it, often in the same places, though. But it's it, to me, it slows down the monastery far longer so, than I want it yeah, to. Yeah, and I was talking to Justin like earlier today when we were talking about it. We were talking about how we're both doing like a, essentially a completionist run, which is crazy mm -hmm. to me because I'm not, I don't play games that way. Yeah. But Every time I check everything off my list, I talk to every character, I deliver all the lost items, I do everything. And it's going to take me a hundred plus hours to finish mm -hmm. this game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm thinking that like moving forward, I might just talk to my students or I might just deliver right. lost mm -hmm. items to my students, like the people that I need to, to have those interactions with. To, you know, like, I think I might start doing that yeah, too. Yeah. So why, are you under time pressure or are you feeling like it's getting well, repetitive? Well, here, here's the thing. I, yeah. I do feel like it's getting a little repetitive. Yeah. But also, like, the further I get away from the release date and the closer that I get to the next big game that's coming mm -hmm. out, yeah. the, it's a, a slow drop-off where it's like, I need to finish this game before something else that I have to play comes out for work okay. because I'm very bad at, like, keeping up with... Like, typically I'm playing something new and something retro, but if something new new comes out and bumps Fire Emblem, like, I don't want to be away from it for two weeks for work and then come back. Oh, no, makes it. sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just, I just want to finish it. Yeah, Janet, tell me what you're playing. I am. What am I playing? I just finished <laughs> finished Super Mario Maker 2's campaign, which took me a so really long good. time to do. So good. It was really fun. I liked it a lot. Um, I mean, they're great levels. Uh, we've already talked about this on the show before, but like the level design is really fun. It's really unique. Uh, like Seth Macy said in his review, it's a big Seth Macy day today. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and big, I, I big just, fan. Big fan. I really enjoyed it. It's been a while since I've played a Mario game that I liked only because my last game was, uh, is it New Super Mario Brothers? Yeah. Yeah, New Super yeah Mario Brothers, I played yeah. that on Switch. Didn't like it. Wasn't really? into How it. How far did you get it? Uh, I got to the, um, oh shoot, that like painting. What is okay. it? The, the painting level? Yeah, the only yeah, the level. level. The, the level the only, that everyone yeah. talked about. Unique, yeah. Yeah, and like the level is pretty, but it just wasn't like, but there's like play, other You played Mario single games. player, right? I played co-op. Okay, I, was I played like, through the whole game co-op. I just wasn't that into it. Okay. It was that it, game is backloaded though. All the best levels are yeah, on the back end. Yeah, and it's of not that like game. um, uh, you know, a bad Mario game is still pretty good. But you know, with so many other you know Odyssey and just other great Mario experiences, I was like, I didn't need to have this one. So uh, Mario Maker <laughs> Two was a nice one to to kind of cleanse that. And I loved all the the fan made levels. I've put in probably like. 30 or 40 hours in that game just playing random fan content, doing co-op, doing the online multiplayer sometimes. Um, when it works, then I feel like doing it. So that's been fun. Uh, I just started Walker Melee 2 today. Yeah. Um, I know you guys talked uh, it's great. last episode, the one before that, about the bundle coming out. I literally just, just started, so I can't really comment on the actual gameplay. But so far, 
Uh, I'm really enjoying the humor of it. It's definitely like has moments where it's a little too like you're in a game, wink. Um, but they also had some really hilarious so nods. It's nothing compared to the first game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's definitely improved. And they, I love the nods to like they had like a nod to Limbo, like a nod to uh, bad dudes. So like mm-hmm. I loved those aspects of it. I felt like that humor was really well done. So I'm excited to to play through it. I loved the first one. And I'm working through um, a mobile game called Alpha Bear 2, uh, which is a sequel to Alpha Bear 1. It's basically like... <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> it's, I know, right? Good job, Janet. You don't need to play the first to play the second before mm-hmm. someone asks. But yeah. No, it's a great game. It's basically like Boggle, uh, but with bears. It's adorable. Amazing. Um, I'm sold. Boggle bears. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's it's also really good in terms of like it's not very like microtransaction-y. I feel like a lot of people that play console games primarily have a hard time like finding mobile games they like because they play things like, oh, like, you know, Nintendo's Dr. Mario and it like is kind of too microtransaction-y and grindy. But this does a really good job at balancing all those things. It's just super smart, has levels, you can beat it. I'm slowly been working my way through it for like a while now, but I I just picked it back up um, and I'm trying to beat that because I have a goal to beat more games than I beat last year, which I think means I have to beat like 26 or 27 games this year, uh, and I'm a little behind, so I'm trying to ramp it up uh, and then maybe never Good make luck. this goal again. So, <laughs> um, And then, you know, I'm playing stuff for work that I can't talk about. Um, and it's guide stuff, so it does involve looking at everything, so it, does, it is a slow burn, so uh, we'll see what I get to next. Dang, man. You're busy. Yeah, yep. it's a lot going on. Uh, that's about all the time we have today. We took a question about question up at the top of the show. So thank you very much, y'all, for joining us. Uh, Zach, now that you're back, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me right here on IGN.com. Uh, <laughs> for real this time. For, I mean, forever now. Um, but uh, also on Twitter, at ZacharySD. Um, and uh, I was going to say my Instagram handle, but I don't remember it, so never mind. Cool. Pear? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at PearIGN. So we're getting that Rabbits 2 game, or you, we haven't really talked about your previous employment or anything <laughs> like that. Whoa. <laughs> that just happened. Janet. Full, full, full disclosure. Uh. <laughs> uh, we, we, would, we should probably add a disclaimer that uh, to every episode. That yep. we just, it, about. We'll, yep. It'll be a ticker now. It's like yep. the Humble full, Bundle thing yeah. and then now <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Ubisoft yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Janet, that's where right. can people find you? Uh, I'm at GameOnisets. That's Game O-N-Y-S-U-S on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And I'm at Tom R. Marks on Twitter, and I don't use anything else because I'm boring. What does the R stand for? Uh, Railroad. You know, Jonathan's been guessing every episode of Beyond, so I can't spoil it. I know, but I will not disclose it now. Yeah, Per per cheated. He's got my employee files. That's right. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much for watching. We are the NBC Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo Podcast. Uh, Next week's going to be a little weird. Casey is going to be, I think, running the show from... Uh, and you and parents we'll be in be Germany in trying Germany. our best to do a show there without falling off. We typically our chairs. do a truncated yeah. from Germany special yeah. during Gamescom. So, yeah. so that's going to happen. Look forward to that. And then I will be back hosting, I believe, the week after Gamescom Sweet. as well. Uh, and then we're going to get back into the rhythm of things like usual after that. Uh, but it's been a pleasure. And you can find us what Thursday at four three p.m. Mm-hmm. every week on wherever you can find podcast stuff. I almost ran out of that. And yeah. remember that NBC is the only place where you can. Get Get the the thing. thing. Watch us at Gamescom. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.